0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild Card Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, and I'm your host, Emily Flippin. Today I'm joined by Fool.com's so so salty superstar Sultan of substandard snoring Securities Brian Veraldi in case you couldn't infer that from the wonderful title and we're going to be talking about three businesses that are tackling their really interesting and exciting industry that is sleep apnea Brian Mr Sultan himself thank you for joining
1: I am happy to bringing back wild to turn wild card Wednesday back into Healthcare Wednesday Emily
0: I really think we should be trying to make a more concerted effort to cover healthcare companies, although I will admit you brought this idea to me, which of course I greatly appreciate because... Uh, It's not an industry that I know super well. And it could be challenging, I think, to jump into the healthcare space because it does feel like it has a higher kind of hurdle for understanding. So, A, I really appreciate the knowledge that you're going to be bringing today with these companies and this industry. But, B, Man, did it did it stir up some emotion in me. And I'm I'm gonna do my best to not let my personal feelings about the sleep apnea industry start to make their way into the podcast. And if I do, maybe I'll bring them in at the end of the show, so you know, prudent listeners can just skip over that section if they so desire. But it was really fun and interesting to try to learn about this industry over the past week or so. So, a thank you so much, and B, um, let's jump into it. Yeah. And when we talk about
1: medical device com- companies and healthcare companies, um sometimes we're talking about really small diseases that are uh, only affect a very small subset of the population. Uh, every now and then we talk about something that's extremely popular and extremely uh prevalent. When it comes to um obstructive sleep apnea, this is an incredibly common uh, medical uh, di- diagnosis uh, as we're going to into. So I would I would wager a bet that pretty much everybody listening to this has sleep apnea or knows somebody with sleep apnea.
0: Yeah, it's actually really interesting. So When we started to prep for this show, you said, I'll I'll take care of the companies because obviously those are the businesses that you know so well. If you could just do some research about sleep apnea. When I was pulling in this research, the variation in the numbers of expected cases was so wide. we have it on the low end from the World Health Organization, who I believe back in 2007 estimated that there are around 100 million people in the world who suffered from obstructive sleep apnea, that's OSA. But even they acknowledged, Hey, we this is probably a flawed analysis because the issue is so underdiagnosed and under-researched. And more of the recent research, probably more viable research, but also more biased research comes from the companies that we're going to talk about today. So, the businesses that are trying to, to treat sleep apnea and they've put a lot of money into research to treat sleep apnea and the estimates now are closer to say 1 Billion cases worldwide of obstructive sleep apnea, around half of which uh, they estimate are mild to severe cases that would need some form of treatment. So it is it's a it's a widely uh, I guess increasingly known issue.
1: Yes, it's an incredibly common and, and to your point, it's hard to put an exact number on this. And one of the big reasons why is that sleep apnea is. Very, very underdiagnosed. I mean, I've seen estimates that say as many as 80% of people that actually have sleep apnea on some form—it could be extremely mild, it could be it could be severe—are uh, not yet uh, diagnosed, and that's because you don't know if you have it. I mean, you have to have somebody, if you are sleeping through the disease when the disease is is, uh, is most prevalent, it's really hard uh, to tell. Uh, there is a, a telltale sign that people know if they, somebody in their house uh, has sleep apnea or may be at risk for it, and that is snoring. Uh, one of the things that uh, sleep apnea is, is the, the upper airway is mal, infor- uh, mal- malformed, uh, or there is something, some part of the the airway that gets blocked uh, overnight. And that causes the person to stop breathing uh, for anywhere from a second uh, to you know, as much as 30 seconds. If you're not breathing, you're not getting oxygen, and that just can't, can't be good for you uh, over over time. Uh, there's a lot of uh, side effects or symptoms of sleep apnea. There are some obvious ones like snoring. Uh, as we said, uh, you wake up, you don't feel uh, fully refreshed. You have a lack of, of energy. Maybe you have an increased risk of getting a headache or having depression. But longer term, there are some actually huge comorbidities to having a sleep apnea. People with sleep apnea are at 2x the risk of having a stroke, 2x the risk of having a, a cardiac a, cardiac a disease. So if you have sleep apnea, you really want to get diagnosed and you want to get treated.
0: It's interesting because if you go back, say back to that 2007 research from the World Health Organization, a lot of the aspects that doctors and, and providers were looking for in, in determining sleep apnea was the effects that it was having on people after they woke up. So one of the biggest telltale signs was actually people getting in car accidents because they were so tired. And increasingly, I think uh, providers are becoming aware of how to address these issues earlier on um, when the person is experiencing them as they sleep. So again, to your point, things like headaches, um, snoring, just a general lack of energy. But the big thing is, as you mentioned, since the disease is the tightening, the restriction of the airways, it's gasping. So people whose blood oxygen is is actually decreasing to a dangerous level during the night because they're not able to get enough oxygen to their body. Uh, And it's I'm a little skeptical when we talk about the comorbidities because one of the biggest risk factors for determining a sleep apnea is actually obesity and aging. And both of those things are both associated with some of the comorbidities that you mentioned that go alongside sleep apnea. But I think if there's one thing that everybody can acknowledge is we're, we're an increasingly aging population and we're an increasingly unhealthy population. So I don't think there's a good argument to say that sleep apnea is going away anytime soon.
1: How about this alone? If you have sleep apnea, you are probably likely to be a snorer. If you are a snorer, your partner is probably not very happy with you. So that alone is a reason uh, to get diagnosed and treated.
0: (laughs) No doubt about that but i'm going to i'm going to put out some data about how it is in the US before we move on to our, our first and largest company that's looking to treat sleep apnea uh, if you just look in the US alone over the last year uh, the Direct and indirect costs of sleep apnea in the U.S. were around 150 billion dollars. So it's a pretty substantial industry that's getting an increasing amount of attention. And the businesses we're going to talk about today are pretty small in comparison to what would you would consider the market opportunity. Especially when you consider that that's just looking at the United States, and this is a worldwide issue.
1: Yeah, I think that that number really underscores emo- that that number is enormous, uh, right? Uh, And that's mostly due to indirect costs, meaning that uh, loss of uh, productivity and that kind of thing. But yes, treating sleep apnea is a big business. This is a multi-billion dollar uh, global industry. There are numerous treatments for it. We're going to get into three companies uh, that provide them. And and I think just on the basis of of, one, the industry is huge, and two, it's going to become more and more common to diagnose sleep apnea over time. Uh, This is an industry that investors should take a look at.
0: So, with that being said, what's the first company that you think uh, investors should be aware of when looking at sleep apnea? I think I think most of people listening right now are probably familiar with it.
1: Yeah. So this company is called Resmed. Uh, the ticker symbol there is RMD. This is the biggest of the three, and we're kind of going uh, based on risk level. So this is the lowest risk uh, of of the three. So Resmed is the pioneer of the gold standard uh, for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. It's called continuous positive airway pressure, or CPAP uh, devices. Uh, These are devices that are put next to the patient uh, while they sleep, and they have a tube and a mask that uh, goes on with them. And the patient wears the mask um, all night long, and the device constantly pu- uh, pumps a stream of high-pressure air uh, into the throat. That high-pressure air keeps the person's throat and airway open all night long, so that way they get the oxygen they need, and it prevents the muscles uh, inside from, uh, from relaxing. Now, ResMed has been a phenomenally phenomenally successful uh, company over the years it has grown like uh, clockwork and has provided investors with gigantic returns since it came public uh, in the in the late 90s one of the reasons why is that this business is a razor and blade business. Uh, they sell you the CPAP uh, pumps themselves. That's a durable good that can last for you know a couple of years. But the company also makes money off of the supplies. And those would be like um, tubes, uh, the masks, uh, accessories that go along with them. Uh, so that, when combined with a growing area of a revenue for the company, which is software that is used to both diagnose uh, sleep apnea as well as connect patients and providers uh, with the data. Uh, ResMed has been a really fantastic business.
0: It's so ubiquitous that when you reached out to me about wanting to cover sleep apnea, I wasn't aware that there was a treatment for sleep apnea that wasn't a CPAP machine. I mean, that's what a corner I think ResMed has had on the sleep apnea market. It's the immediate go-to solution for anybody who is experiencing these symptoms of sleep apnea. And I think that that has definitely shown up in its results. And what's worth mentioning is as, as yeah, at the start of the, uh, the podcast, we said it was a 150 billion dollar a year industry just in the United States. ResMed is less than a 30 billion dollar. Market right now, in terms of market cap. So it's pretty small in relationship to the market opportunity. Yep.
1: And if you Now, the company has been selling devices uh, for almost 40 years now, so it is a relatively mature business. It is still producing growth, uh, especially in international markets, and as I said, it's getting into the software business. It's made a couple of acquisitions in that space to further diversify its business, Uh, but the company puts up very steady, very predictable growth. Uh, In the most recent quarter, we saw revenue growth of 9%. This is a company that produces a gross margin of almost 60%, and it's producing net income. Uh, Last quarter, its net income grew 25% and its earnings per share grew 17%. This is such a stable, mature, and predictable business that about eight years ago, they started paying a dividend and they have raised that dividend uh, ever since. But this is the the gold standard of obstructive sleep apnea. And as I said before, if you bought this stock at the day of the IPO in the mid-1990s, you are currently up 32,790%. Wow.
0: And it's by far the safest play that we're going to be talking about in the sleep apnea industry because I know that our next two companies are much smaller, much more growthy, but also have much higher risk as a result.
1: Yes, totally. So If you want the safe, secure, uh, lower risk, uh, steady-eddy grower, uh, ResMed is definitely the choice of the the three. And Again, the ticker symbol there is uh, RMD. A little bit pricey today. It is trading at about 44 uh, times earnings, and its dividend yield is only uh, 0.8%. But I think that the market is paying a premium for the stock given its consistent uh, growth. Now let's talk about a higher growth company, Emily.
0: Also, I love the fact that forty-four times earnings. You're like, it's a little pricey in this market. I'm like, wow, there's there's earnings. You yeah, know, you said it's, earnings, it's right? Fifty, yeah, <laughs> it's downright cheap at this market. But yes, let's talk about our second company.
1: Sure. So the second uh, company is called Inspire Medical. Uh, the ticker symbol there is INSP. This company is an order of magnitude smaller uh, than ResMed. It's about a $5.6 billion company. Uh, this company was actually uh, started inside the medical device giant Medtronic, and it was actually spun out uh, in 2007. Uh, the idea was, again, focused on sleep apnea, but there's a little secret about people with sleep apnea. About one third, at least one third of people that are prescribed CPAP therapy, uh, they end up abandoning uh, the treatment. And that, uh, Inspire estimates that that number goes as high as 60% in some cases. People that have CPAP machines might not necessarily like them. Uh, you can have discomfort from wearing the mask, you can get nasal uh, congestion from wearing it. There's usually a small noise that happens with the machines themselves. And those are uh, unattractive to a lot of people and you can't get comfortable while they're sleeping with them. Uh, So Inspire took a brand new approach uh, to treating obstructive sleep apnea. They they created an implantable neurostimulator device that is inserted into the patient's body uh, during a a minor uh, outpatient uh, procedure. What happens is a mild simulator gets attached to the patient's hypoglossal nerve, uh, which is the nerve that controls the airway tongue and the muscles. And when the device is turned on, it detects when a blockage is, uh, is in the airway. If a blockage is detected, it gives a small electrical signal to that nerve, and that stimulates the muscles uh, to, to open up and for the airway to be, to be open. What's nice for the patient is once this device is installed, uh, it's turned on and off uh, remotely and there's no need to use a a CPAP machine. The the stimulation is so small that patients sleep right through it. So it essentially keeps the patient's uh, airways open all night long without having to use CPAP.
0: And what's worth mentioning about the markets for Inspire and ResMed, and the reason why I think both of these companies can succeed at the same time, is that you actually have to qualify to be a patient for Inspire Medical. So, not every person who suffers from Mild or even moderate sleep apnea will qualify for the surgery offered by Inspire Medical. It's really aimed at those with with higher, moderate to severe uh, issues related to sleep apnea. So you go through a process of evaluation to determine if you need the surgery, and it does have to do with the fact that one is is selling you a machine that you use at night, and the other one is quite literally putting you under the knife. But to your point. Uh, Brian, inspire medical surgery. It's, an, it's a relatively simple procedure. So I think a lot of people may hear that it's surgery and may think to themselves that there's a natural barrier or uh, a lack of desire from patients to have this solution. But I think if you're somebody who is actively suffering from the effects of sleep apnea, and for many people, especially those with moderate to severe sleep apnea, it keeps them up every single night, it wakes them up in the middle of the night. They're not able to get a good night's sleep. They want something that can permanently fix their, their problem. And I think Inspire Medical, especially when compared to the CPAP machine, which can be uncomfortable, uh, does have maybe a, a more niche, but also exciting aspect of the, of the market that allows both of these businesses to succeed.
1: Yes, uh, totally uh, there are some there are definitely some downsides to to inspire or to your point you do have to try CPAP first you do have to fail on that you typically have to have a more severe uh, version uh, of sleep apnea and the device itself requires surgery and costs much much more it's tens of thousands of dollars uh, to get this device uh, installed but uh, even with all those caveats in place it's very clear that the market demand uh, for inspire system is 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 very high so this company uh, first off they are in the scale-up phase. So they are really focused on commercialization uh, right now. And they've done a great job with there. The company has 220 million lives under coverage in the United States. That includes uh, Medicare. So they've done a really great job to get coverage for this thing. And The company's most recent results clearly show that it is uh, having an impact on the market. Uh, Last quarter, revenue for this company grew 71% to $46 million. The vast majority of that is in the United States, but this company already is in international markets and is selling in Europe. 90% of sales are in the U.S., but I like seeing that they are already having some success uh, in Europe too. The gross margin here is very impressive. 85% 85% for the company, and while they are losing money, the net loss is negligible. Last quarter, the net loss was $8 million, and this is a company with over $230 million in cash on hand. They have been a hyper, hyper growth stock since they they came public. Uh, the stock was up over 700% since their 20 uh, 2018 IPO. Uh, given the growth rate and the potential of this business, I understand why Wall Street is so excited.
0: I don't think it occurred to me, until you just mentioned that they that they have Medicare coverage, I don't think it occurred to me what a big component that is for sleep apnea. Because at the offset, we mentioned that one of the biggest risk factors for sleep apnea was actually age. It's associated with an aging population. So having Medicare coverage, I didn't realize, and this is such a cutting edge technology, It that to me is, is a really compelling aspect of this business.
1: Yes. And with any of these, uh, with any of these with any medical device, uh, insurance coverage is is key. You can come out with the greatest thing in the world, but if insurers won't uh, (laughs) pay for it, you're going to have a heck of a time commercializing it. So It's really great to see that essentially since this company uh, came public, it has consistently won over insurance companies and gotten more and more lives covered.
0: Although- to the point you made about valuation on ResMed, this is not a business that has any E, right? Has no earnings to speak of here. So I think investors, if they're interested in Inspire, which it's definitely an interesting business. It's a certainly an interesting technology, you are paying up for that.
1: This is a company that is currently trading at 46 Times sales, 46 times sales, not earnings, like we said before. So, yeah, uh, Wall Street is really on to this growth story and they have bid it up uh, appropriately. Uh, but if the company can maintain its gross rate, and again, this is a company with an 84% gross margin and rising, uh, fast growth and fast growth margin deserves a high valuation.
0: And the last stock we're going to talk about today for the sleep apnea industry is are by far smallest business. And I have to give the caveat before we talk about this business. It's super cool, but it's super spicy. Um, I like that word. It's a good description of what this business is doing, but because it is so new and it is so small, it's worth noting this is a sub $200 million company. So it's not nearly as liquid. It's not nearly as proven as the other two businesses we talked about. I think it would be silly to have a conversation about sleep apnea and not mention this company because their technology is so unique. And again, Brian, when you brought it to the drawing you know table you drawing board you sent me down a rabbit hole researching this technology and i love it so it's definitely worth talking about but i want to add the caveat for all of our listeners that while we do spend a lot of time talking about larger businesses that are more liquid as to not potentially expose investors to unnecessary risk this is a very very risky business but also a very very cool business doing exciting things in sleep apnea so we did want to talk about it
1: Yes, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad this this cleared uh, the, the legal team here because this is a super interesting business and one that we got that I first heard about from a uh, one of our listeners on Fool Live. They said, "Hey, have you ever heard of this company?" And I said, "No." Checked it out, and just like you, just like you just said, Emily, When I first looked over it, I was like, "Wow, is there a, there's an interesting uh, angle here." So both companies that we've talked about thus far, uh, Resmed and Inspire, they are focused on treating the symptoms. Of obstructive sleep apnea, uh, one through uh, CPAP technology, the other one through a implantable uh, neurostimulator. This company, Vivos Therapeutic (ticker symbol VVOS), they are focused on curing what causes sleep apnea uh, in the first place. The simplest way of describing this technology is that it's a three-dimensional braces uh, system. Uh, so it is worn. It is a device that is custom to your custom to your mouth. Worn uh, in the face, and it works very similar way to braces. There's a series of screws that are uh, that are uh, in this device, and when you wear this, uh, you wear this device for you know 12 to 16 hours per day. It slowly transforms the shape. An outlook of your upper airway over time and it molds your upper airway to gradually make it easier for you to breathe at night and the company actually has clinical data uh, that shows that people that use this device uh, end up breathing easier and in some cases their obstructive sleep acne actually becomes cured
0: okay So, I understand this business from what you've just said. It's almost like Invisalign, but instead of trying to fix your teeth, it's trying to fix your airways. The thing that I don't understand is why, in preparation for this podcast, you felt the need to include a photo of their devices in our outline because I wish I could share screens with all the people listening to this podcast right now, but these things look like torture devices. I'll tell you what, if I was a patient, there's no way I'm putting this thing in my mouth.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a, if you've ever seen a retainer, if you've ever had a retainer, the old school retainers that go in your mouth, it's like that but uglier. And it kind of makes sense that it needs to be, right? Uh Invisalign is just designed to uh move the shape uh of your teeth. In this case, this device is designed to change the shape of your upper mouth uh and airway, so it needs to be able to put constant pressure uh on there. So, yes, this design is not going to win any beauty awards. Uh, however if this can cure your obstructive sleep apnea I can see it being pretty popular
0: I agree and and in defense of vivos uh, this is a, a- product that I think more consumers may be willing to try just because we're accustomed to putting things in our mouth a little bit more than maybe we should be. I think uh, I think all the different dentistries have become pretty good about selling people on the the health impacts, especially of having things like retainers or small adjustments over time. So the concept itself is probably pretty easy to sell to people who are suffering with sleep apnea. And I like the aspect that you wear it for I think you said 12 to 16 hours a day in the early evening and then over the course of your night. And it's it's not obtrusive enough that you're unable to drink, swallow, breathe. Um, you, You can talk. You might have a little difficulty, but you can talk through wearing it. So all of those things, despite how ugly and aggressive it may appear, doesn't seem to put you out that much as a user.
1: Yeah, to your to your points. Uh, again, this is a this is a removable uh, device, so it's not like braces that it, it's it's in and then you wear it for for two years. Uh, this is a device that the user puts in and out, uh, so you can drink with it, you can breathe with it, you can talk with it. You just can't you just can't uh, eat with it. What's re- what I found fascinating about this technology is first off, it's not experimental. Uh, this is a de- this this device is already out there in the market. It's already FDA approved and over fifteen thousand. Patients world, uh, worldwide have already been treated on it. What I find the most fascinating about this business uh, is there is there is their business model. So they are attempting th- their business model is to drive patient interest through this device through dentist. Uh, offices, so they already have 1,200 dentists in the United States that are trained uh, on on using this device, and uh, they they sell it through the dentist uh, offices. So if you are a dental practice and you want to offer sleep th- this treatment uh, to your patients, you partner with Vivos. You actually have to pay Vivos a, a multi thousand dollar fee to get set up in this practice. I've been researching medical device companies for, for a long time. It's extremely rare that a company goes out and says, Oh, you want to sell our device? You have to pay us a fee, uh, to get up and, up and running on it. And so far, 1200 dentists have been willing, have been willing to, uh, to do that. So that is really impressive. So that is one of the company's uh, revenue sources right now, again, because this technology is relatively new, is they get paid an average of $28,000 by a dentist practice to get set up. The second way that they make money is by selling the actual systems uh, systems themselves. So they receive a revenue of um, about $1,600 per adult or about $400 uh, for a kid. And the dentist typically pay, uh, typically charges their, their patients about $9,000 uh, on, on top of that. So the reason that dentists are willing to pay this company to offer it is be- it becomes a revenue source for the dental practices. The third way that this company makes money is they've developed their own bill- billing uh, system that helps with, uh, with training and to helps to get this through insurance companies. That's a recurring revenue uh, source for this company. Now, in all three cases, we're not talking about a lot of revenue uh, here. The company's uh, revenue uh, through the first nine months of 2020, that's all the data we have because this is a relatively new IPO. Uh, for, for a nine-month period, this company's revenue was less than $10 million. So it is very much still in the scale-up phase. However, those three revenue sources that we talked about are pretty high margin. This company's gross margin already is 79%. And I think that there's room for that number to grow.
0: What I think is really interesting, and I didn't expect when looking at this business, Vivos, was how cheap that system is. And it's FDA approved, how cheap this system is in comparison to the alternatives already on the market. My impression was. New technology, especially cutting-edge technology, right? It tends to be more expensive. We saw the scale up in the comparison between Resmed and and uh, excuse me, the name is Inspire. Inspire. Yeah, between Resmed and Inspire, the jump in the cost. I mean, we're talking five, ten thousand dollars difference. But the actual process for Vivos, I mean, it's a system that costs. I think you said 2000 dollars for an adult. So readily affordable in a way that I didn't quite expect.
1: So the, the, the revenue to Vivos will be that much money. The actual choice that uh, the dental's practice charge, uh, is closer to, to $9,000. But oh. yeah, keeping, keeping the, the scale <laughs> of, uh, of costs is actually important here. So if you want to go. I take it a, all back. <laughs> if you want to go on a, on a CPAP machine, uh, the cost to get started on that is about $2,500. And then there are also all those consumable fees, uh, for the rest of your life, not to mention the fact that CPAP doesn't cure anything. It just treats the symptoms. To go for Inspire's device, which again is you've failed or you've gone off CPAP machine, it doesn't work for you, and you're going through a surgery. Uh, the total cost of the Inspire uh, system uh, is about thirty to forty thousand dollars, depending on uh, where you are in the country, because again, there is a surgical uh, component to that. And again, that doesn't cure uh, doesn't cure your obstructive sleep apnea. It just treats it uh, in, a, in a less intrusive um, way. By comparison, Vivos at $9,000 does sound expensive, but if it can take you from having sleep apnea to not having sleep apnea, I don't think that's all that expensive. I mean, aren't braces like three or four grand?
0: Yeah, I, I believe so. And every single time I go to the dentist, I am constantly being told that I need to get Invisalign, even though my teeth, well, admittedly, maybe a little bit crooked, are perfectly fine. And I think the Invisalign out of pocket cost is something similar to that that I could expect from getting braces. So think about how much dentists love to push stuff that can make them money. I think if Vivos is approaching dentists and saying, hey, this is something that you can, again, upsell your existing customers, it helps improve their life. and you know, Even if it costs them $9,000 generates around $1,500, $1,600 in revenue for Vivos, it's a pretty compelling business, even if I was slightly wrong on the total costs.
1: That's okay, you do have to keep that, co- costs do matter, I mean, uh, certainly, and of course, those are the list price uh, we're talking about. The prices that patients actually pay, there's a bazillion things uh, that that goes into that, but I think keeping the scale of each's mind. It's also worth saying that Vivos is not designed to treat the most severe cases of obstructive sleep apnea. It is mostly designed around people that have the mild to moderate, and it doesn't work in, in every case. Uh, some people still have to go on CPAP uh, afterward, but uh, they do have clinical data that Shows that you you your sleep apnea typically does improve. Some people some people uh, never have it uh, again. Other people uh, the severity of it uh, uh, declines. But uh, either way, I think that Vivos is a pretty uh, compelling idea.
0: Completely agreed.
1: Uh, one other thing that's worth noting uh, here while the company just uh, just did come come public it is still uh losing money uh its net loss for the first 9 months of 2020 was about 6 million dollars we should actually get more up to date uh, information on this company tomorrow uh when it reports and that will be its first earnings report uh as a public company one thing that i think is an interesting thing to note is that mark zuckerberg yes mark zuckerberg his dad is a dentist And he is actually on Vivos' board of directors. So that's an interesting thing to note.
0: And actually really compelling for the dentistry angle of Vivos. I think that is what maybe sets this offering apart from the other companies that we talked about today.
1: Yes, totally. All right. But Emily, we we pitched three companies here, a low-risk one, a high-risk one, and a super high-risk one. Which ones interest you the most?
0: Well, what I will say is I I think there's different value provided by each of these businesses. And I think depending on what type of investor you are, uh, whether you're more focused on growth or dividends in the case of ResMed, you can probably make yourself a pretty compelling basket with any number of these companies. Uh, But, and this is maybe where I go off on a little bit of a tangent and I apologize in advance. I think the sleep apnea industry in general kind of worries me a little bit, especially as it applies to ResMed. Uh, Because of how they sell the products through these sleep centers. Uh, Who's sole purpose it is, is to diagnose people with sleep apnea and get them to buy CPAP machines. When in reality, a lot of those people may be struggling with other issues that affect their sleep. Um, And the failure rate with CPAPs are so high because they're so uncomfortable. I think those things make me a little bit skeptical of ResMed. Not that it's a bad business, but out of the three, I'm not sure if it's the one that I personally would want to own. I actually think I lean towards Inspire. It's maybe a safer play than Vivos. Vivos is super interesting, uh, but it's a little edgier. It's a little smaller than companies that I typically buy. I really appreciate the technology that I think Inspire has created. I mean. The idea that we're talking about a machine you can insert in your body that sends your brain waves signals to open your throat, that concept is just so amazing to me. I have a lot of respect for the technology, and I appreciate the fact that you have to qualify to have the surgery so they're not potentially overtreating people the way that people can be overtreated in these so-called sleep clinics that we see jumping across the country. So for that reason, and without going off on too much of a tangent there, I think Inspire is the one that if I had to choose between the three would jump out to me the most. But Vivos is also very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that Inspire is probably the uh, most interesting uh, of these three picks. It clearly has proven uh, market uh, product-market fit. It is, ru- is run by uh, a founder-led management team. It was spun out of Medtronic, so it has that uh, technology back to it. You are paying through the nose to get your hands-on shares, but uh, I understand the interest in there. Although I think if I had to pick, I might go with Vivos. It's definitely the smallest. It's definitely the spiciest. But I really like the idea that the company is, one, selling through dental offices. I think that will give it an edge to have dentists essentially become the sales uh, force. And two, I like the fact that they are actually uh, curing it. Now, I think that the market is so big and that all three of these companies, there's plenty of room uh, for all three of them to grow and prosper. If I had to pick, I think I'm going with Vivos.
0: I love that. And again, I can't wait to see what happens with Vivos. It is such an interesting business. I had no clue it even existed until you brought it to today's conversation. So I appreciate all the diligent research you have done to make this conversation possible.
1: Anytime. I always love talking about medtech, especially high growth ones.
0: We'll have you on more often. We need to bring back a medical or healthcare wildcard Wednesdays to be a more frequent thing. So I'm all ears anytime you want to talk.
1: Uh, You'll be the first to get pitches, then Emily.
0: (laughs) Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or just want to reach out to say hi, you can always shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com or tweet at us at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Tim Sparks for his work behind the screen today. For Brian Feroldi, I'm Emily Flippin. Thanks for listening and Fool On.